We've been talking about Jesus leaving in John 13, 14, 15, and 16. And it's right at the Passover. It's a couple days teaching. And, you know, we think of the Great Commission as going to all the world and preach the gospel. But this was the transition for a believer how to live. Jesus said in 13, knowing he was going to depart, and all these things that are taught through these chapters, the majority of it is teaching what to do after Jesus left in the day and age we live, how to live. Right? And so we've been going through this, and so we're in the 15th chapter, so just barely halfway in. And what was it? Jesus taught him a new way to pray. Don't pray this way anymore because I'm leaving, right? New way for a new day. New kind of love you have to walk in because I'm leaving. It's going to be a new covenant with a new commandment of love. And that kind of phraseology is again and again seen. In other words, in that day, you won't ask me anything, right? And he just goes on and on. And he started to introduce this part that we're going to get into today before, but this is the beginning of the introduction of what are we going to do when you're gone? We can't talk to you face to face anymore. And so he starts introducing the Holy Spirit to them. They knew him, but now the Holy Spirit, and we'll see this later on, is going to take the place of Jesus Jesus is going to leave and start a heavenly ministry at the right hand of the Father, which we already saw when he said, I'm going to go to be with my Father. Then when you command in my name from heaven, I'll back that up. But now he, the Holy Spirit, is called the comforter, the paraclete, this word which means one called to do in the absence of another. So if you're a parent and you want to leave and go out to eat, You call a babysitter, and you expect them to do totally what you wouldn't do when you leave. Right? Uh, You're like, nuh-uh. And if they did stuff totally crazy, are you going to have them back? Uh, No, because you expect them to do, in your absence, what you did when you were present. If they need a diaper change, they change the diaper. If there's a bedtime, they go to bed at that time. If there's, you know, whatever it is, what they eat, all these different things. So the Holy Spirit does for us and in us and in our lives what Jesus did when he was present. So it would be important to know this. So Jesus here at this stretch, and he's really not taught about the Holy Spirit until right here. And when I say right here, I mean John 13, 14, 15, and 16. And some of the most extensive stuff, other than in the epistles, is written in these these scriptures. Why is this important? Because so many people, even today, Christians say, if I was only alive when Jesus was here, how much better would it have been? No, because at night when he went on the road and took off, you went home, you were alone. And if you were a Gentile, one of us, if you're not a Jew, you didn't even have a chance to know Jesus. So it wouldn't have been better. 
Because he even when he was here said, I'm not sent but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. In other words, he didn't go travel to the United States, and Guatemala and Africa and do all this stuff. He never came here. The Bible's clear, even though some people say he did. That's a lie. He said himself with his words, here's who I'm sent to. Matter of fact, one time somebody who came to him was a Samaritan. Another time a person came and was not a Jewish one, a person or that lineage and wanted healing. And He said, it's not right to cast bread to dogs. As Jesus, WWJD, what would Jesus do? He'd call you a dog. I know people don't like that. But there were a lot of things he did. Like there were times that said he would have passed them by. And they kept calling out all the more. If they wouldn't have called, he'd have walked right by him. What would Jesus do? Walk by him sometimes. It's good to read the Bible, right? Because you get uh, weird ideas otherwise. And, uh, but Jesus was merciful, but he wanted the Holy Spirit to be known so that when he left, we would know what was going on and what to expect and how to cooperate with him. People need to look at the Bible and be honest. But sometimes we, we get so colorblind by all the things we hear. You know what I mean? We hear things and hear things, and you try to say something, and they go, that dude's a heretic. And you're quoting the Bible, you know? But it's still the truth. And if we don't learn, then we, we miss things. You with me? And we don't want to miss things, right? So he's introducing the Holy Spirit who's going to take his place. And we can see from the work of the Holy Spirit from the beginning, he just didn't do whatever, and neither did Jesus on the earth. It took man to cooperate. He did have a purpose and do different things, but Jesus showed us how we should live. But you look at the Holy Spirit, even in the beginning, when he hovered over the face of the deep and darkness was there, there was no change in the earth, but he was there the whole time. And the earth was void and it was devoid of things for life and fulfillment for man. So Jesus said, light be, then the Holy Spirit began to work. Until there was something spoken, he didn't even do it. He just sat there, and it was chaos. How many people's life is in chaos, and they don't know Jesus, or they hear about him, but they never call on him, their life will never come out of that darkness. The Spirit will never recreate them. But is the Holy Spirit right there for them? Totally. But why didn't he just do it? Because we have to cooperate. God has made it that way. Whether we like it or not, God is just not forcing people to get saved. You with me? But is he there to help? Yeah, whosoever would call on his name will be saved. So the issue is, we need to cooperate, but we do need to recognize too, he has a place in the believer. Right? We are not to do this life alone. A lot of times people get saved, 
and they still think they're doing this life alone. You with me? And technically, and we are not going to get into this, but Jesus said later on in the next chapter, talking about the Holy Spirit, which are the next verses, he said, it's to your advantage that I leave, or the Holy Spirit won't come to help you. What advantage do you have then for him leaving? Because now the Holy Spirit will be with you always, living in you as a believer when you give your life to the Lord. Now, does that mean he's always working? No. But remember the woman with the issue of blood in Mark? 14 years. Tried everything with doctors. She heard about Jesus. She came in the press behind, touched him, said, if I can touch him, I'll be made whole. And immediately she was healed and made whole. But here's the interesting thing. Jesus didn't even know who it was. He said, who is it that touched me? In other words, she totally initiated it. What if a man or a woman had not initiated it? I wonder if she would have just stayed the same. You can't think she was the only one that was in a bad state. But if man will initiate things, God will work. And so he gave us the Holy Spirit so we don't have to think like we do this life on our own. You with me? In other words, Jesus is in heaven and he's in my heart, which what does that mean, you know, to people? He's in my heart. Where's Jesus? We teach you. He's in my heart. Which is great to know. I'm not belittling that. But I am saying, what is the result of that? What should we expect? You know what I mean? What, what should one expect? And so notice here in John 15, verse 26 and verse 27. But when the helper comes. So notice, he said, when the, who is this helper? You know, we want more helpers in children's church. We want more helpers to usher and more helpers to greet and more helpers to do different things. And we'll always be needing more, meaning we'll, it's not that we'll be without. We'll always have great amounts and plenty. But if you came to help, what would you think? Just sit there. Do nothing. If you did nothing all the time, would you think... Um, maybe you shouldn't call me a helper. Maybe you should call me an occupier or a sitter. And I don't mean a babysitter, but I mean just one who sits, does nothing. So when he said when he, when the, the helper comes, why does he use those terms? Because he wants you to know. I mean, if I say that dog's making a bunch of noise, what do you think? Do you think rooster, duck, chicken, cat? No, you think dog and you think bark. Well, here he said, when the helper comes. See, people say, I wish Jesus were here right now. He says, better if I leave. But why is it that you want Jesus here now? You want help. You want somebody to interact with you. You want somebody to do something for you. 
Isn't that what you're saying? I mean, I'd be okay if Jesus was not here as long as I had someone here that could do what he did. I'm fine. Okay, if you want to leave and go to heaven and start a ministry there that gives man access to God, that's good. Just don't leave me without. The first thing he said was, but when the helper comes. Everybody say, helper. Now say it. Helper. So when the helper comes... Whom I will send to you from the Father. Notice he's called the Spirit of Truth. The Helper is the Spirit who proceeds from the Father. Notice he will testify of me. What does it mean to testify? Does it just mean to talk? Or there are other things in testimony. And you shall also bear witness, because you have been with me from the beginning. Notice he said, I shall send him. And he said, when he comes, so he's going to come. And you know, he already came. He hadn't come at this point, but now he's here. So who is here? The helper. So we were praising the Lord. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. And then one of the people leading said, Oh, praise you, Lord, for your presence. You know, that's, that's the Holy Spirit. Guess what? We praise and we're thankful for his presence, but we should understand there's help there. He'll help. He'll do whatever. In other words, the way it reads, and we'll see this later, whatever Jesus did in his presence, the Holy Spirit will do now. We're waiting for a move of the Spirit. You know, we talk like that. We're not acknowledging then that He's presently our helper. What will make us change to think He's our helper now? What we see by experience or what the Word of God said? And many times we know He's called the helper, but we're looking, oh, He's moving now. Because we sent something. No, but he's the helper. He will move always. Anybody who cooperates, he will work with because he's the helper. Notice, when the hinderer comes. When lazy Uncle Joe comes, so we shouldn't think of him like that. Whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. He's going to share everything about me. You want to get to know Jesus? Walk with God. The Holy Spirit will unveil everything about Jesus, not only about him, but what he bought and what he paid for and what rightfully is actually already yours. You know, healing's already yours. Do you know strength is already yours? Wisdom is already yours. Life is already yours. Because he gave us all things. So the Holy Spirit will want to cause you to know those things so you can lay hold on them. Right? So he said, I will send 
him, but he also said, I'm going to send you. And then he said, the Holy Spirit will testify, but you will also testify. And isn't it interesting, he said, you'll testify of me because you've been with me from the beginning. You could say it like this, you guys have been around me, you know me, so you're going to testify, you're going to share the goodness, you're going to give out the gospel, you're going to tell people to come into the kingdom, you're going to acknowledge the fullness of me to these people, but not only that, I'm giving you the Holy Spirit because he's going to do the same thing. He doesn't say this here, but we'll read a verse in a second. He knows him too. And technically he knows him better than you and I do and knew him better than they did. You get what I'm saying? They were living around him. They had a personal relationship with Jesus. How many of you have a personal relationship with Jesus? Guess what? We're commanded to go and share him with other people and bring them so they can know him. But he didn't just say, you're going to do this by yourself. He said, I'm going to give you a helper, and it won't be me, but it'll be, he'll be taking my place. And so the way I did it, he'll do it. So we should expect that it's not my wit and my ability only. It's just me testifying of the Jesus I know and the place where I'm at with him and know that the Holy Spirit will deal with those other people. Remember the guy helping? The Holy Spirit, the helper? You could say it like this. We'll speak into their natural ears. God will speak into their spiritual ears. You'll explain what's real. He'll make it real. But why do we talk like, oh, it's so hard to reach those people? I've tried. Because you're not depending on the helper. What if Jesus was walking with you? Say, Jesus, would you come over to my friend with me and uh, talk to them? How many of you would think, I got this down, bam, zit, my friends, that's it, here we go, let's go, come on, Jesus, I'll hold the door. No, no, I'm going in first, because when they see you after, they're going to go, oh, Jesus, right? See, that's how we depend on him, but notice he said, helper, And he said, lo, I'm with you always, the Holy Spirit will be, and he'll never leave you, so you don't even have to invite him to go with you. You're going to go with me, Holy Spirit, because you know I've got to go talk to this person. You going to do anything? Are you going to bark, dog? Are you going to cock-a-doodle-doo, chicken? Are you going to help, Holy Spirit? Uh, that's his name. Holy Spirit is called are what we recognize. I mean, it's God, the Holy Spirit, not trying to belittle anything, but trying to get stuff in your noodle and so he can get things in your heart. And the, the issue is, is he the helper? And if Jesus would help and he changes not and the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead, is he any different than God? No, he's just God, the Holy Spirit. So if, if God won't fail, the Holy Spirit won't fail. And if he's called the helper, he'll help. We just got to do our part, not his part. And so if I testify, he'll testify. Sometimes he'll pre-testify. 
I remember one time I, I felt like I was supposed to go down to this place and I was like, I don't know if I really want to go there, Lord. And this happened numerous times. So I thought, okay, I'm going to go down there. So I called to make sure this place was open. I walked in and said, oh, you know, there's a newer business. I started talking to them and, uh, and all of a sudden it comes around to the Lord. And I'm like, oh, Lord, this is it. You want me to talk to them. And so I just started sharing. You know, I'm, you know, Jesus, this. Well, no, you know, I mean, I know of him and stuff like that. And the lady just stopped me. She said, you know what? This may sound weird, but I was driving. I heard a voice. I couldn't say it was audible. I was driving. I heard this morning. I never hear stuff like this. This doesn't happen in my life. You're going to meet somebody who's going to tell you something that's going to change your life forever. I wonder who that was. The same one who wanted me to go was already helping. What if I would have said, oh, I'm just embarrassed. I'm not going to talk to them. What will they think of me that? Maybe they're waiting for you. Maybe the Holy Spirit's like, come on. You know what I mean? Like they're already ready. I've been dealing with them. Isn't it cool to, not that every time you do it, it's like that. But if God deals with us, he's going to work too. He's going to help. So notice this. We personally are to get to know God and share. But it's interesting. He gave us the Holy Spirit to know Jesus. But then when we share, he'll make Jesus real to others. Look at 1 Corinthians, the second chapter. Paul writing here by the inspiration of God, it says this, 1 Corinthians 2.11, For what man knows the things of a man, except for the spirit of the man which is in him? Stop right there. Your spirit is not your body. Your spirit is inside way deep. It's not your mind, because he would have said, What man knows the mind of a man, except for the mind? He said, Spirit. And without going into detail, your spirit's where you recognize is way deep down inside. Now, there's an emotional part near there too, but way below that is your spirit. What man knows the things of a man except for the spirit of the man which is in him? How many times have we known more about ourselves and certain things and our head said, hey, just wait a minute, what are you doing? And you went, I think I'm going to do this or I'm not going to do this. And it worked out or didn't work out, but we already knew it inside. Anybody have that happen? Because your spirit knows things beyond your physical body and beyond your natural mind. And we need to recognize that. And your spirit knows more about you than you may recognize. That's why when you get born again, life totally changes because your spirit comes back into contact with God in a living union. And then the Holy Spirit lives inside. But now notice this. Even so, no one knows the things of God. No one. By yourself, you do not. Oh, you probably have a head knowledge. People have a head knowledge, but not a reality. Because he said, even so, no one knows the things of God except for the Spirit of God. As a matter of fact, reading on later, it says, 
the natural or the carnal mind doesn't know the things of the Spirit. They're foolishness to that person, but they're spiritually comprehended and understood. Way down inside, the Holy Spirit gets stuff across. That's how the reality, that's why we can go, what do you mean you don't believe in God? Huh? Because what they're doing is trying to contact God with their carnal mind. And the Bible tells us, because God knows everything. He knows everything about man. He knows everything about himself. He knows everything about creation. He knows everything. And he said, I know how this stuff works. And you're trying to contact me up here. And it's foolishness to you. Haven't you, even as a Christian, known something by God? And you went, ah, and your head went, what? Just a minute. Hold it. That's crazy. But inside you knew, I got to do this. I just got to do it. And you did it, and it worked just out fine. And your mind went, huh? Because, see, your mind has to be renewed after, or it'll tend towards wrong things. And so notice this, and you know what I mean by that. It'll, some things will seem foolish to it, because inside you'll know. Remember, Peter struggled one time, and he was making a decision. Jesus said, here's how you're going to do it. You need to pray. Because the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh or your unrenewed mind, is you're going to have a battle with it. And the only way to do it is to get in tune and be alert to what's happening inside. And he didn't pray to be alerted and to be keen to that. And then he fell to his carnal mind and denied Jesus. So Jesus had to go get him and drag him by the ear and they come on back. No, he just said, come Peter. But what happened was he struggled. In what way? He knew, but there was a part in his mind. Notice this, and i got to be careful for time's sake. For what man knows the things of a man except for the spirit of the man which is in him, even so no one knows the things of God except for the spirit of God. Now, huh, aren't you glad he didn't stop there? He said, now. Okay, I've said that, but now. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know. Wait a minute. He knows everything about the Lord, and he has given us the spirit so we might know. Well, what kind of knowledge can we have about the Lord? It has to be limitless. Well, I pretty much know all those scriptures now. I know everything about the Lord. I've been doing this for 20, 30 years now. Wait a minute. He knows all things. You don't know all things, but he said he will let you know. Remember, seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. If you yearn, you can get filled. Well, I'm done searching. I know him as well as I want to. You don't know him that well, and neither do I. But I know who does. Not something in my head, someone down in my spirit. That we might know the things that have freely been given to us by God. Notice, he knows all the things of the Lord, and he wants us to know everything that's freely been given to us. If he wants you to know the things that are freely given, there has to be a time when you don't know the things that are freely given. Because why would he let you know the things that are freely given if you already knew them? Let me say that again. He will let you know the things that are freely given, but understand this, that means they were freely given 
but you may not know it until you know it from him. And with that being said, let's go back to John, and we'll just have to call it quits for today. Though I had other verses. But, John 15, 26, but when the Helper comes, who I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me, and you also will bear witness, because you have known me from the beginning of his earthly ministry. Notice the Helper came already. It's fascinating to me that we have a source in ourselves to know everything about ourselves, our own spirit. Then we have the source to know everything about God and Jesus. And how many times do we struggle in this aspect? We just want natural knowledge. And you know that some of that natural knowledge makes the things of the spirit foolishness. We want to do things to renew ourselves with the Word toward these truths. Especially because we have a work to do. And when people come, the more we know about Jesus, not by information, but by Him revealing, we can share that. He'll make it real to them. Now, He's not hindered, so to speak, from taking other people farther than you are. He'll take anybody far into him as they want to go if they'll just hunger, search, recognize it's not just mental, it's not physical. It's a real spiritual something. The real you, when you die, is your spirit, not your body. Your spirit goes to be with the Lord or to hell. All humanity. You with me? So do we have a helper? You know what we ought to do? Let's call him that. Helper. He's my helper. Jesus, you sent a helper. And don't say, well, he's not helping. Quit it. What do you call your dog when you want him to come? You call him by name. Don't you? So why don't we call him by his name? The Holy Spirit, he's my helper. 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 Because you know what we do a lot of times? Maybe not us, but it's out there. I don't know why God's not helping. I don't know why God's not doing. He's the helper. He's helping. And he's like, yes, thank you. That's my job. That's why I was sent. Could you imagine... When we get to heaven, if we didn't cooperate or people didn't, how they would miss out and recognize, oh my, he was so willing to help the whole time. And he was probably trying to get us to yield to help. I said, well, you know. But he's here. So I said, I know I can feel him. No, he's here because the word said it. Amen? So I said, well, he's helping. He's always a helper. Amen? 
Just acknowledge him as that. 